Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. The weather hasn't been as cooperative as winter lovers like me would like, but there's plenty to do in wintertime at a Michigan ski resort, no matter the conditions outside. The World of Winter is the largest winter festival in the U.S. with over 100 free events, and the great news is that it's in Michigan's second biggest city of Grand Rapids. Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park is not just for the summertime, and right now it's the place where you can discover winter and holiday traditions from around the world. And the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary Film Festival is back to brighten your winter for the last week of January. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin, and we're back again this week to tell you about all the wonderful things happening around Pure Michigan at this time of the year. And it's a great time of the year, my favorite time of the year. I hope you are enjoying this time of the year. Maybe not as much as I would normally enjoy this time of the year because it hasn't started out as snowy as I would like. But don't worry. The snow is going to come for snow lovers like me. We're going to get there, and it's going to be beautiful. And I know our co-host, Nick Nurbin, you love snow as much as I do. I do. I love the winter day. I love to get out there and enjoy a lot of our winter sports and activities across the state on both of our peninsulas. And our next guest, Mickey McWilliams from the Michigan Snow Sports Industries Association, can help us uh, explain what some of the new things and some of the interesting things that people can find across the state. And Mickey, what was a one thing that if we say, what's so fun to do during winter, where would you start? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I, where I would start? It's out on the slopes and trails. I mean, that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking here to two people I adore because you both love winter too. So, so yes, outside in the snow in the winter. Well, you know, the cool thing about Michigan is, excuse the pun, uh, that <laughs> we are uh, a state that has four seasons. And I actually saw uh, some kind of a, a story that ran just recently that Michigan was ranked as the most dependable state for uh, snowy conditions for people like us who, who love snow. So hey, don't worry. You know, I know this this season started out really bad. We've had seasons like this before, but eventually we will get snow. And you know, we always say, Mickey, that just because it's not snowing in your backyard, it doesn't mean that there's not snow up north, right? That's right. And and even close to home, um, because ski areas, whenever it's cold enough to make snow, which is approximately 28 degrees, uh, they are out there with their snow guns. Um, and, you know, all you have to do is look at their webcams um, to see that there is snow on the slopes, even if there's no snow in your backyard. Yeah, Nick and I were actually were up at the Highlands just a short time ago, uh, and they had plenty of snow on the slopes. People were skiing. They they really enjoyed it. They had some new things going on there, and and I know a lot of the ski resorts have some new equipment. They're they're uh, un, uh, they're actually showing and 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 having uh, ribbon cuttings for and such. Can you tell us about some of the uh, the new things happening out there? Yeah, sure. So um, one of the things that I think is so unique about uh, this year in Michigan is we have seven 
new lifts going in across the state, which is um, amazing. Um, what's happened is things kind of went to a came to a halt as far as um, infrastructure improvements over the pandemic, um, but the interest in skiing certainly did not. Um, slow down. In fact, it increased. Uh, and now that uh, we're past that, it's it's really neat. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, new things going on, like the bubble lift at uh, the Highlands that you were. Did you did you have a ride on that? Again, Mickey, I was able to to ride that lift, and I tell you, it's really interesting the way that technology has progressed. I mean, this lift has heated seats, huh. so not only does the bubble come <laughs> down to protect you from the elements if it's snowing or windy, those kinds of things, but you've got a heated seat, so you're very comfortable riding up, and it seats six people, so the entire family can ride on one chair to the top of the mountain. But when you talk about investment, one of the big things that the resorts across the state have invested in over the past 10 or 20 years is snowmaking technology, and that's made a big difference in getting our season started earlier and consistently. That's right. Every, in, you know, uh, I do this what's new um, uh, release every year where we uh, talk about all the new things going on at skiers. And for the last 10 years, I would say snowmaking improvements have been top on the list of almost every ski area in the state. Uh, every year they add more guns. They uh, add new equipment that can make snow in warmer temperatures um, and, uh, you know, with uh, and more humid temperatures as well. So, um, so it's, and, and, you know, they've done this because our winters are a little bit warmer now, unfortunately, um, but they've adapted to them very, very well. Well, it's, it's a good time to learn how to ski for, for new skiers. And I know in January, um, the association has put together a Discover Michigan Skiing uh, Program. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, this is a program I really, really um, encourage anyone who doesn't know how to ski or snowboard and wants to. Maybe you're a skier, but you want to learn to snowboard or vice versa, um, or you've never tried either. Try it now. Uh, during January is Discover Michigan Skiing Month. Um, ski areas, 21 ski areas across the state participate in this program uh, where you get a rental equipment, a lift ticket, and beginner lesson all for $60. Uh, it's a great deal, um, and uh, and it's the right way to learn uh, so that you're going out there uh, with a trained instructor uh, with equipment that fits, uh, and you're going to go learn the right way instead of um, having somebody of yours uh, <laughs> take you to the top of the hill and say, okay, <laughs> here you go. Um, no, this is the way to learn to make it uh, fun and safe. Absolutely true. Uh, can you just tell us about uh, our resorts, especially those ones up north? They're they're pretty darn nice. They are. We have, you know, we we do have um, resorts that are, you know, that are uh, five star quality, wonderful places to go with the family, um, and we have some that are mom and pop. We have everything in Michigan because Michigan is tied with New York for the most ski areas in any state, which is pretty amazing. Um, people don't usually think of Michigan as a ski state, but it is. And no matter where you are in the state, you're within a two to two and a half hour drive of a ski area. So it's really, really important for us to let people know that winter is a fun time to be outside. Uh, it's easy to get out and enjoy it on our slopes and trails. Well, thank you, Mickey McWilliams from the Michigan Snow Sports Industries Association. Mickey and I and Nick all want you to think snow and go to goskimichigan.com and have a great time out there. We're going to find out what's happening at Meyer Gardens this winter next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And, you know, we, before you know it, um, we're, we're going to be into all those hardcore winter activities. And, and don't worry, you know, all that snow is going to be falling on a regular basis, and we're going to be able to enjoy it. Uh, for for skiers, uh, like we were talking just, just earlier with Mickey, um, I know you really want to have dependable snow, but I just want to say one more time before we get to our next guest – just make sure to check the websites of all the ski resorts before you head up. And, and you're going to be really surprised. As Mickey was saying, there's plenty of snow on the slopes. We are really good at making snow. So don't worry about it. Get up there and enjoy your skiing because there's snow on the slopes. Just don't worry about it. And guess what? Uh, you're going to be able to find a lot of great winter activities like Meyer Gardens. And we're going to find out why next. Yeah, we're going to head over to West Michigan to Grand Rapids to talk with John Vanderhagen from Meyer Gardens, Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. And John, I know that people might be familiar with the beautiful Japanese garden and some of the wonderful outdoor botanical gardens there at Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. But during the winter, there's a lot of unique things to do as well at Meyer Gardens. Yeah, Nick, that's a very good point. You know, um, a lot of people definitely do know us for the beautiful gardens, for the summertime activities, for concerts, for our Lena Meyer Children's Garden. But um, one thing that, you know, is kind of an unsung gem is the beauty of Meyer Gardens in the winter. So we have a lot going on right now. We are in the middle of our University of Michigan Health West Christmas and Holiday Traditions, which is a longtime tradition here uh, for folks in Michigan, where we celebrate the cultures from around the world and how they celebrate the holidays, um, but just the beauty of the sculpture park, just the beauty of wandering our outdoor areas um, after a fresh blanket of snow is truly, truly magnificent. Well, I love the fact that um, you, you actually keep the exhibit going, you know, through January 7th. So that's a very good thing. We get to yeah. uh, kind of go beyond um, what a lot of people kind of think of the holiday tradition. Uh, and then you, you don't have to just kind of go there at the really super busy time, <laughs> which is yeah. really handy. So we still have time and we can enjoy that. Now, tell us about the exhibit itself, because it's uh, pretty intricate. It absolutely is. So, you know, each year we celebrate about 40 uh, to 45 different cultures from around the world. Again, highlighting what they do around this time of the year, around New Year, and around certain other key areas uh, within their cultures, within their traditions. And, uh, you know, we're not saying that this is the one way that people from this particular culture uh, might enjoy Christmas or enjoy their holiday celebrations. What we're trying to do is just show um, some relics, some um, nice little elements of these cultures in a way that people, uh, you know, as they're gathering as a, as a family, you know, maybe around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, around New Year's here, that they're able to come and learn and enjoy and really be fully immersed in these different cultures. So a uh, wonderful set of uh, trees that we have displays on. We have a railway garden, which is made from all natural materials, showing buildings and landmarks for our, from around West Michigan, as well as Grand Rapids sister cities from around the world. So that's definitely a highlight, the Lena Meyer Tropical Conservatory, which a lot of our visitors know us uh, as the home of the butterfly exhibition, uh, is also a completely different area during the holidays. We have some lighting in there. We have some different cultural um, kind of uh, representations in there as well. Well, you know, the butterfly exhibition you mentioned, John, we've talked about that in the past here on Travel Michigan, and I, that's a fantastic uh, opportunity for families. And, and another opportunity that's really unique currently 
over at Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park is the Forest of Dreams exhibit. I had a chance to come over and take a look at that. And it's such a unique interpretation of how trees really are a part of our lives and also kind of a a unique artistic expression of how trees look. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a really cool um, sculpture show, which really um, it's a center of the bullseye of our mission, which is kind of that art and nature uh, and how they combine. So Forest of of Dreams is just a beautiful sculpture show um, right now that's on view until February 25. So plenty of time yet for for your listeners to come out and enjoy this. Um, And, you know, there's more and more research showing that uh, just immersing yourself in nature, immersing yourself in art does wonders for mental health, does wonders for, uh, you know, uh, getting out and enjoying these things with friends, with family, with the community. So this show in, in particular is just a beautiful way of um, kind of showing how artists that are uh, several of them in our permanent collection, artists like Louise Bourgeois, like Ai Weiwei, um, and then some other artists as well, just show that beauty of trees um, through this forest of dreams. It's a really unique show and really visually stunning. You don't have to be a, an art critic or an art historian or a uh, really uh, in-depth art lover to, to understand and appreciate this. It's beautiful, it's accessible, and it's just something very enjoyable to see while you're here seeing the rest of the holiday exhibition. We're talking to John Vanderhagen, Director of Communications for Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park in Grand Rapids. And John, you mentioned the railway garden. Um, Now, I don't remember seeing a railway garden. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is uh, definitely a favorite part of the exhibition. Um, This is in our indoor greenhouses, so in the area that you walk in prior to the Tropical Conservatory, um, in two uh, to three spaces in there. It's a a beautiful model train, again, with uh, buildings and landmarks made from all natural materials, and then uh, wonderful horticultural elements, water, flowers, um, ferns, moss, kind of complementing that. So it's a truly unique area, beautifully detailed. It takes uh, our wonderful staff and a group of volunteers about three weeks to set that up. Uh, and it's really a highlight for a lot of children. They love to kind of see the trains, run from room to room following the train. And it's one of my favorite areas to go in the winter as well. It's a nice warm room that's full of just the smells of these uh, seasonal plantings. But truly beautiful. You look and you find intricate details every time you look. We have uh, landmarks from around West Michigan and then, again, the beautiful uh, sister cities that we are, are partnered with as, as a city of Grand Rapids from around the world. So just a truly unique space to see some beautiful landmarks and, and again, that mer- merge of horticultural um, and art that we do so well here at Meyer Gardens. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned those indoor greenhouses, John. When I was over there for Forest of Dreams, I, we walked through and I expected to kind of just take a nice stroll through, but I ended up spending quite a bit of time in there because <laughs> you've got these plants that have these leaves that are like three feet long yeah. and you know it's, it's got a really high ceiling you know and the sun comes through and it's actually a beautiful environment it is such a great place to go, especially this time of the year. Um, you know, where else can you kind of be enveloped in the tropical humidity and heat and hear the birds and hear the waterfalls? So, uh, again, just a, a special, a very special way um, to kind of enjoy the, the beauty of the world around us right here in Grand Rapids. Now, when you come for the University of Michigan Health West Christmas and Holiday Traditions, you're going to want to uh, be prepared to, to have uh, the, the, the joy of Uh, being indoors and sometimes in that kind of tropical conservatory, but then be prepared to be outdoors as well, because this is indoor and outdoor, right, John? 
Absolutely, yeah. So um, throughout the normal exhibition, we do offer, um, you know, the indoor experience as well as lights and things to see outside. And also new this year, we're, we're having an evening winter glow event. So some special lighting around the American horse at that plaza, um, that popular sculpture that people know us for, the 24-foot tall bronze American horse by Nina Akamu. We're doing some special lighting on certain evenings uh, throughout the exhibition as well. So MeyerGardens.org slash winter would be a great place to to check days and times on that. Um, but yeah, truly, you know, plenty for everybody to see both inside and out in addition to everything else that we have year-round here at Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. And I did I did want to get a quick mention in, John, because, you know, some of the things that we captured visiting over at Meyer Gardens can be seen on the Pure Michigan Instagram and TikTok. People can walk through and see some of these places and, and learn what they're like. Absolutely. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming out to do that. And it's a nice, uh, you know, visual snapshot of of that uh, Forest of Dreams exhibition, as well as what we have going on for the holidays right now. It's uh, it's quite a place. Meyer Gardens in Sculpture Park, just off of a Beltline. They're kind of north of Grand Rapids. If you have never been there, you really need to check it out. Our second biggest uh, attraction, well, most visited attraction in the state of Michigan. Um, you think about places like the Henry Ford and Greenfield Village over in Dearborn, and then Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park in Grand Rapids. We are blessed for sure. So don't miss it. The University of Michigan Health West Christmas and Holiday Traditions just going through January 7th. For more information, go to MeyerGardens.org slash winter and you will find out more. Really appreciate John joining us today. We're going to find out about uh, a winter exhibit happening in Grand Rapids coming up next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And we were just learning about uh, all those cool things happening at Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park, but there are so many other things happening in Grand Rapids these days. What a great town it is. And uh, at uh, wintertime, it's another great time to visit Grand Rapids, especially very soon. There's something really cool happening. Isn't that true, Nick? Yeah, there's always lots of fun things happening in Grand Rapids throughout the year, Dave. But during the winter... A unique and very special winter event takes place in downtown. We're going to talk with Bill Kirk, Communications Director of Downtown Grand Rapids, about World of Winter. And Bill, last year, I remember immediately on my friends' social media feeds who live in Grand Rapids were showing pictures of these lighted polar bears and all kinds of unique outdoor art installations. Mm. What area of Grand Rapids can people find these installations during the festival? Yeah, so throughout the festival that runs for about two months, there's really art installations, events, and just really cool things to see all over downtown. So concentrated in central downtown Grand Rapids, um, but also along the riverfront in some of our parks and public spaces. And we also put up some installations on some of the river bridges. So really all over downtown Grand Rapids. Now I've forgotten, uh, Bill, is this the second year you've done this or has this been going for a while? I just don't remember. This has been going... Yeah, this has been going for a few years. Uh, the World of Winter Festival has gone through some different iterations, and we've lengthened it over time. So this is the second year that we're running for two months. Prior to that, um, the festival was about a month, and even some years before that, it was a, a little bit of a shorter time. But 
we've gotten great feedback and our team here does a wonderful job planning. So we just decided to extend it. And now we have two full months of fun stuff downtown. Well, walk us through uh, some of the things. I know you were just talking about art installations with Nick, but for those of us who have not been there yet, um, give us an idea of some of the kind of easy to find things. And then we'll start going through some of your uh, special events as well. Definitely. So if you've never been to World of Winter before, a great place to start is right in the center of downtown Grand Rapids at Rosa Parks Circle. There's a public ice skating rink there that's open throughout the winter, um, really for anybody to enjoy. But there's a lot of uh, our art and activities center around Rosa Parks Circle. But if you're not too familiar, you haven't been to downtown Grand Rapids, another way to see a lot of the great art and stumble onto the events uh, is just to walk along the river. We've got a great river walk and river trail some nice pedestrian bridges that go over the Grand River where we concentrate a lot of these big art installations. And then on up into the northern part of downtown, too, there's a couple of riverfront parks up there, um, one called 555 Monroe, 6th Street Park and Canal Park. So really concentrated centrally downtown and around the Grand River. I see in our notes here, Bill, this is one of the largest winter festivals in the country. Do you have a number on just how many people visit Grand Rapids during the festival? Yeah, so last year during the two-month festival, we recorded about 4.5 million visitors coming downtown. Wow. So that could be for various different events, but we like to think that World of Winter has a lot to do with it, uh, giving folks a a reason to get downtown. But it's grown in popularity every year. Um, We really try to have a festival between the art and the activities and the events that offers something for everybody. So we're hoping for another big turnout this year, and and we're really excited about the, the cool stuff we're bringing. Well, I, I see on the list of things happening that there's a silent disco. Dave, have you ever been to a silent disco? I, I, I've seen them. I've not participated in them. It is so fun because, you know, you're all dancing together with the people around you. But if you walk up without the headphones on that are worn during the silent disco, it just looks like people dancing. There's no music. You can't hear it. It is a really unique experience. And Bill, kind of tell us how that fits in and then and some of the other events that take place throughout the two months. Yeah, so the Silent Disco is one of our most popular events. As you guys have said, um, it's a really funny visual to walk up on if you don't have the headphones on. A lot of people kind of boogieing and dancing in silence, which is a fun thing to see. <laughs> but this this year's Silent Disco will be on Calder Plaza, so right there on Ottawa Avenue in front of City Hall. And it's going to be paired right next to one of our big international installations uh, coming in called Dandelion, which is this gigantic interactive uh, light and sound dome Ooh. that's about, yeah, so you, you can walk in. It's, it's almost like a big igloo made out of uh, lights and, and speakers. It's a really stunning wow. visual art installation. And that is, it's interactive with the sound around it. So it's a really cool place to have something like a silent disco and show people the, the beautiful art we're bringing into town. So that's one of our, our very big popular events. We're real excited about that. If you've never been to a silent disco, this is a good one to try. Well, I, I'm trying to imagine this now because I, you know, I'm bad enough dancer with music, so I just can't imagine how this is going to be. Now, this dome, uh, is this something people are going to be dancing around, or is this something they're going to be dancing in? How big is this? Well, both and. It's, it's, a, it's a large installation uh, inside the dome. It's uh, about 20 feet high, and it's it's got room for a lot of people in it, but the whole... Disco will be on Calder Plaza in and around 
uh, in and around the installation. And no worries if, if you don't have the best dance skills because everybody will have headphones on and they won't know uh, what you're dancing to. Well, and, you know, there's, the environment in downtown Grand Rapids is very vibrant no matter what is happening down there, which time of year. So, so many different things that people can enjoy while they come down to the festival in downtown, the restaurants, you know, all kinds of different things happening as well downtown. Yeah, it's really a great time to get downtown uh, throughout the, the holiday season. And beyond the festival, like you mentioned, we have great retail shops, uh, a great variety of bars and restaurants to check out. We do have one of the, if not the largest, social district uh, in the state where you can get a to-go adult beverage from participating businesses and walk around downtown. So we want to have an event that offers a way for people not just to go to one location, but to really walk throughout downtown and see everything we have to offer. Now, in addition to the art installations that are you know, already you know, pre-produced, so to speak, uh, do you have, um, you know, like uh, ice sculptures or snow baking, uh, you know, happening uh, live while people are watching? Yeah, we do. So in addition to the big art installations, uh, we bring some really large-scale art installations in from overseas and other countries. We also feature a lot of local art installations by some really talented artists here in Grand Rapids and from the region. But in addition to those big installations, as you mentioned, we've got uh, around Valentine's Day, we put out a bunch of ice sculptures uh, around various businesses, and there's a little walking tour around those. There also is a giant live ice carving event that happens, which is also a very cool event to see at Rosa Park Circle, where you can see the ice guru, Randy Finch. He's sort of a famous uh, ice sculptor here in the U.S. He will be down at Rosa Park Circle doing a Um, like a giant arse carving with chainsaws and all sorts of other tools. That's going to be happening on February 10th. And then uh, aside from the sculptures and the installations, we also have um, almost 40 businesses downtown participating this year in window display installations. Mm. So in our storefronts around downtown Grand Rapids, the various businesses will decorate their storefronts um, just to liven the place up, provide a little vibrancy, and then also create a really cool walking tour throughout downtown to see sort of like an outdoor gallery, which is a, a really a fun way to explore downtown Grand Rapids. Well, you know, Bill, as someone who works in social media and also as a regular social media user, I know Dave is as well, I, I remember thinking back to some of the visuals I saw last year. We, we use the term Instagram-worthy, and I think this is such a great example of really unique photo ops, whether it's with the family or, you know, other folks. It's a great time to get outside but also have some fun creating while you're there. Absolutely. Yeah. So we really uh, try to prioritize art installations that are big and bright and stunning, interactive, uh, light-based. So yeah, tons of great photo opportunities around downtown. And we're actually, for Instagram users like you two gentlemen, we're going to have a selfie spot Hmm. uh, at 555 Monroe, which will have a lit uh, art sculpture there so people can stop and post for pictures. But really, as you guys mentioned, throughout downtown and near any of these installations, they're just a great place to take a photo, see the downtown skyline, see the Grand River. So it's a it's a very photogenic festival. Well, so Bill, is this something really mostly for younger people, you know, the 20s crowd, or is this something that, uh, that I can come and uh, bring my headphones and uh, disco away and, uh, and, and feel comfortable <laughs> enjoying it as well? Well, you know, we do try to have something for everybody. There's definitely some events that are geared a little more towards a a younger audience, but we have tons of family-friendly events. I've got a couple kids myself. They love the festival. They love getting downtown and 
seeing all the art and enjoying all the activities. But there's events throughout the two months, uh, pretty much every weekend, that cater to all ages and people of all different backgrounds. And in addition to the big weekend events, we have a lot of different walking tours that are free that go on throughout the festival uh, on a lot of the weekdays throughout the festival. So those are a great way if you want to take things at your own pace, maybe come down during the day, you can join a, a walking tour that some of them look at all our art installations. Uh, during the month of February, we do a couple Black History walking tours, which is really cool to honor the local history here in Grand Rapids. And then right in the beginning of March, as the festival is wrapping up, we have a couple really cool Women's History Month walking tours. So really an option for anybody um, from families on up to, to elderly folks. And uh, I heard that just about everything is free, so it is definitely for me. And I, I <laughs> love that idea. The world of wintergr.com is the website. And we want to thank Bill Kirk, Communications Director of Downtown Grand Rapids, Inc., for being with us today. We can't wait. It all starts January 12th. We're going to head up to Alpena to find out what's happening at the big film festival soon. That's coming up next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I know a lot of folks at wintertime are used to heading up to that Traverse City area. It's a beautiful area, mm -hmm. and can't blame you with all those, um, you know, resorts and uh, ski areas and such. And then, you know, you know, a lot of people also head to the Gaylord area, great snowmobiling, you know, skiing at treetops or at Seco Club, and great there, too. But I, I often wonder how many people head over to the east side at wintertime. You know, that Sunrise side, if you take that drive up the Sunrise side of the state, it's awesomely beautiful at any time of the year. I I love the drive up there if you're coming from the lower peninsula and you're driving up there. It's a beautiful drive any time of the year. But when you head up to Alpena, it's uh, it's a special place anytime. And, and in the wintertime, they do something really cool. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. We get to tell you about it next. Well, yeah, Dave, the drive up U.S. Heritage Route 23 up the Sunrise side of Michigan's Lower Peninsula is truly spectacular. Beautiful communities, beautiful views of Lake Huron along the way, eventually bringing you to Alpena, which is home to the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary. And we're going to talk with Jeff Gray, superintendent of the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary. And before we get into the film festival that we're here to talk about today, Jeff, I'd, if you could just provide a little bit of an overview of what the sanctuary is like and what it encompasses, it's truly one of Michigan's unique resources. Yeah, and thank, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be here with you guys and talk about Northeast Michigan, which, you know, again, you, you talked about it. It's just an absolutely spectacular place. And the sanctuary is a 4,300-square-mile uh, federally protected marine protected area. And uh, the reason we're up here is uh, we're to protect the Great Lakes and their rich history. And below the waves of, of Lake Huron rest about 200 historic shipwrecks that have been magnificently preserved by that cold, fresh water of the Great Lakes. And it offers world-class diving, kayaking, and snorkeling. And so our job here is to help protect those sites of future generations uh, can enjoy them the same way that we do and uh, bring people to Northeast Michigan and really get an appreciation for 
what is truly one of Michigan's greatest treasures, and that's the Great Lakes. Well, and it's it's a great facility. People should head up there. Uh, it's it's really spectacular. Of course, uh, you folks are uh, at the center of the Big Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary Film Festival that is happening January 24th through the 28th. And what, what makes this film festival different is that you bring the underwater world of cinema to life at this festival, which is really pretty cool. I actually, I'm not aware of any other festivals, film festivals that do this. Tell us about your film festival and um, what happens there. Yeah, and it's a, an ocean film festival right here in Alpena. Um, and we really try to highlight uh, just... The, the, the magnificent treasures that are in the ocean and, and Great Lakes. And it started out with a partnership uh, that we have with the film festival in San Francisco, an ocean film festival there. And over the last 12 years, that's how long we've been doing it, we've built it up to include more Great Lakes films. And we're getting some of those Great Lakes films to other places around the country uh, to help them better understand this place. And, uh, you know, in, in these cold days of winter, uh, we, we bring people here to really celebrate the ocean and the Great Lakes. Uh, get them to think about how we can protect them for future generations, but how we can enjoy them, the recreation, um, and what they what they mean to our everyday life, what they mean to our economy. Well, and I want to talk just a bit about film festivals. Michigan is home to so many wonderful film festivals, from the Capital City Film Festival in Lansing up to the Fresh Coast Film Festival in Marquette, and so many others. And you know, I've been fortunate to. Uh, to attend many film festivals. And what I find when I go to those festivals is that you end up seeing films and other types of content that you really will not see anywhere else. And if you can kind of talk a little bit about that, the opportunity to experience things you wouldn't see anywhere else. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I think you're right. And we, we've been inspired by some of those film festivals you, you've mentioned and uh, try to build off what they're doing. But it's, it's uh, I think it's that experience of watching these films in a group and um, and and because some of those are called the action of what we need to do to protect the Great Lakes, what we need to do to protect the oceans, and then it's the discussions that take place after. Um, one, you know, on one hand, it creates an imp- appreciation for the resource. Another one is inspiration to go out um, and to experience it. And on the third hand, it's what can we do to be good stewards and protect them. And so it's really part entertainment, uh, but part call to action of of how important these resources are to our communities. Well. Well, Jeff, the uh, festival is centered in Alpena, but you share this with uh, neighboring communities as well. It's a great idea. Yeah, you talked about that 23 corridor, and uh, you know, for people that haven't been up here, it is quintessential northern Michigan. These towns are just beautiful towns and, and great people. And so uh, we kicked the festival off in Rogers City on Wednesday the 24th. The next night we're down in Harrisville. Um, and then the next three nights here in, in Alpena. So it's, we really try to make it a, a, a event for the region and bring people in and, and connect communities uh, to each other. And again, because the Great Lakes really does connect us all. Well, you know, and the Great Lakes maritime culture is so strong along the Sunrise side. And you, you talked about some of the films that are there featuring oceans and all kinds of different topics. But really, if, if you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about that culture that's in Alpena and along the Sunrise side, the Great Lakes are part of life. They they really are, and you know um, when you think that the, the lakes really define our state, but they certainly find these communities up there. They're still so vitally important for the industry up here, from commercial fishing uh, to, to the, the cement industry up here, uh, to the recreation that takes place. And what what we do here is we try to connect people to, them. and film is such a powerful way to do that. Um, 
some of the shipwrecks we have here are, you know, are hidden 100 feet below, 200 feet below the water. Not everybody's going to go down to that. And so through film, we can connect people to these resources and hopefully inspire them uh, to help us protect them. We have a, a great thing we're launching this year called Sanctuary Selections, uh, where we're actually at a, a film competition where uh, we have about 21 submissions uh, to that about films on the Great Lakes, and we'll be showing the top five of those. And so there'll be these will be premieres of those films. So uh, we're we're bringing the artists, the filmmakers, to the community as well to connect them with our residents and our guests. Now, do you show um, all Great Lakes films, or do you show some of those ocean films as well? It sounds like both. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a mix. And when you think of the the sanctuary, we are part of a system that stretches from American Samoa to the Florida Keys to to right here in Alpena. So we do try to share that mission of, of what our system is doing uh, literally across the globe. So we do show films uh, from all of our international films, uh, but um, we do try to add as many Great Lakes and Michigan films as we can to selections. Over 50 films this year uh, across that weekend. Now, now, are some of these films actually made by your um, sanctuary, or are these all, uh, you know, like professional filmmakers, so to speak, uh, who are making these films? Yeah, um, they, they're all pretty much professional filmmakers that submit submit to that, with, with one inspirational exception, and that's we run a student film competition where we work with lo- local schools across Northeast Michigan and teachers to, ha- to work with their students to submit a film's about the Great Lakes and about Northeast Michigan. So uh, we will, on Saturday afternoon, we showcase some of those and we'll see some future, what the future filmmakers of the world are, do, are doing right now. So. Sounds like it's going to be a fast, fantastic one. I've been seeing a lot of, um, you know, pictures of some new ships that have been discovered in the Great Lakes. Uh, we're going to see any, um, any films uh, featuring any of those newer ships that have been discovered? Yeah, we will. We recently announced a discovery um, uh, earlier this year of the, of the schooner barge Ironton, uh, which is just a magnificently preserved ship, fully intact, uh, sitting on the bottom of the lake. And it, it received worldwide attention uh, when we made that announcement. So there'll be there'll be films of those wrecks and the other wrecks. And uh, again, lots, lots of things about, about the Great Lakes and Oceans. And uh, Dave, you mentioned the small towns here, and we try to feature um, what is a film fest without some wine and beer and cider. And so uh, we have receptions each night and um, with some of the local um, flavor of the town, if you can. So it's, it's a festival, but it's also a party as well. It's going to be great uh, January 24th through the 28th in Rogers City, in Harrisville, and of course in Alpena, the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary Film Festival. Don't miss it. For more information, go to thunderbayfriends.org. And our thanks to Jeff Gray for being with us today. That's all the time we have for this week. Can't wait for next week. We'll see you then on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Traveling, let's go traveling.